So you want to scale your business, but you've got to figure out how to get all the work done. You don't necessarily want to hire employees, but outsourcing, while attractive, has its own pitfalls. Let's talk about it with Mandy McEwen, the founder of Mod Girl Marketing. Check out this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Stuff like payroll and benefits are hard. That's why I switched to Gusto. And to help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited-time deal. You sign up for their payroll service today, you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com slash tape. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Mandy McEwen. She is the founder and CEO of Mod Girl Marketing, and we're going to talk all about ways to grow your business. You guys have heard me talk about this a lot without necessarily adding a bunch of overhead, or at least I think that's where we're going to go. Thanks for joining me, Mandy. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, John. I'm excited to be on. So I will tell you, at least judging from the emails that I get and the LinkedIn requests that I get, the two hottest professions right now are teaching agencies how to scale and teaching agencies how to generate leads without doing any work. <laughs> yes, indeed. What do you suppose is up with that? <laughs> I think that, yeah, that's a major challenge and two challenges that uh, Montreal helps, you know, our, our members and our community with right now. But that's really, you know, two things that, that agencies, especially startup agencies, really struggle with is both of those, you know, scaling, doing too much work themselves. And then it kind of goes together because if you're doing everything yourself, then you don't have time to get leads, right? So you're looking for someone to help you get leads. So they kind of go hand in hand. So one of the, one of the challenges I have with this word scaling is that I think we have to define it. I think that it means probably something different for everyone. And I think if we try to if we try to package it as the same for everyone, um, I think we kind of miss, I think in a lot of ways, the opportunity, the, the great opportunity of owning your own business um, is that you get to decide yeah. what scale looks like. So I, I'd love it if, I mean, how do you describe scale? Because I think a lot of people immediately think I'm going to have this giant organization, but I think it's actually something completely different. No, I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that, John, because it is, you know, it's completely different. Like we work with uh, solopreneurs and they're, they're consultants and they don't want to build a big team. They don't want to have a team of, even if it's an outsourced team of freelancers, like that's not what they want to do. They don't want to provide SEO and social media and web design to all, you know, they don't want to provide eight different things to their clients. So you know, their definition of scaling is going to be different for someone that, you know, they want to provide more than what they are, or, you know, they're providing something where they definitely need a, a whole lot of help. So, you know, I think I'm glad you brought that up. So for me, you know, it's a little different because I started out as an SEO agency. Um, and then we kind of molded into, you know, kind of this this big kind of, not big, but I mean, in terms of service offerings where we provided, you know, bigger service offerings and in, in non-marketing from everything from web design to social media to blogging to PPC and all of that. And now that's not really the best way to go about doing things and not what I would recommend people now, but that's how I did it. So my definition of scaling was, oh, I need people to help, right? I need, I need outsourced partners. I need vendors. I need white label agencies. I need, you know, an operations manager. Like I just, I just need help. But 
that's not necessarily what everyone wants to do. And that's not what I recommend everyone to do. So for other people that, you know, they want to stick with their craft and what they're good at, let's say, you know, for example, let's say a LinkedIn marketing consultant, and that's all they want to do. They have no desire to provide SEO or even outsource SEO to people. Sure, they can just refer it off and maybe get a referral fee, but they want to stick with, you know, LinkedIn coaching, LinkedIn marketing, LinkedIn consulting. Well, for them, scaling is going to be a little different. So for them, it would be, how can I get, you know, make more revenue while still, you know, working the same or working less than I am now. So in that, in those terms, they're going to be looking for those higher paying clients and they're going to be looking to, to create packages that they can resell to people without having to, you know, spend more time on all of those. So, you know, there's different scenarios here because, like you are exactly right, especially in this this age of, you know, we have there's so many people that own a quote agency and a lot of them, you know, everyone's de- definition of agency is different too, right? So they might be a one person agency providing one thing and they call themselves an agency and that's totally fine. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what exactly you're doing, but you're right. Their, their definition of scaling, they can't approach it like how I approached it, right, when I was growing Mod Girl, because they're doing something completely different. So in their case, they would be scaling and working on how can I make more revenue without working more? Well, I need to be targeting clients that need to be repackaging my offerings, you know, and still at the same time, I still highly recommend that people at least have a VA, at least one virtual assistant, if not more, because there are certain things in your business that you could certainly get help on and you really shouldn't be doing all of the things yourself. But does that make sense? Well, absolutely. And I think actually the world that we live in today, many of the tactics, I mean, obviously I, you know, I trained, I trained marketing consultants all day long and many of the tactics that uh, market that, that are being done in the name of marketing can be taught to literally anyone. Um, and I, right. th- I think that that's been our approach is don't go out necessarily and hire a pay-per-click or Facebook advertising expert because, you know, they're just going to get more expensive every single day <laughs> and uh, rather yeah. figure out your system or package approach to Facebook advertising and teach it to somebody that is going to be $25 yep. an hour all day long. Yes, completely agree. <laughs> so, so let me flip that around a little bit. I do also work with um, um, agencies and consultancies that do want to get bigger. Um, they want to have okay. people. They want to, you know, they want to have the true idea of scale. But in your experience, I mean, I also, I also run across a lot of them that you know can't get it done. Um, in your experience, okay. you know, what holds people back from effectively scaling in maybe that traditional sense? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I think a lot of people, honestly, John, they skip the fundamental steps, and that's what holds them back. So you know, as, as business owners, as agency owners, as marketing entrepreneurs, like we are freaking busy. Like we are doing so much. Most of the time we're doing too much. You know, we're, we're running around, we're trying to help our clients. We're, you know, taking care of the business side of things. And when it comes down to it, you really have to take a step back and like go back to what am I trying to accomplish here? Like, what are my goals? You know, what, what industries am I trying to help? What service offerings do those industries need? You know, what, what are my clients paying me now? What, you know, what, what profit margins do I desire? Like how much, you know, what is my budget for outsourced partners? So kind of just taking a step back and like really getting clear with yourself on what am I trying to do here? Where do I want to be in 90 days? Where do I want to be in 12 months? Right. And so I think people just jump into it and they're like, I need help. 
I need help now. Instead of like going back and looking, why? Why do I need help? What am I trying to accomplish? Like what kind of partners do I need? What are the price ranges I need? How much am I going to sell these things to? And so I feel like a lot of people just blindly set out on this journey to quote scale, you know, by having more people, more hands on deck, but they don't really have a clear vision of what that looks like. Right. So I feel like that's number one. That's a big problem. Well, and you and you mentioned, you know, one of my experiences, you mentioned, uh, you know, everybody should have a VA and I firmly agree with that. But if you don't know what you want that person to do, exactly. it's going to be a really bad experience, isn't it? Yes, completely agree. And that's exactly, you know, that goes back to exactly what I just said. Like when you have to, and, and the thing too with VAs is you have to give them very specific instructions on exactly what they need to be doing, you know, for you. You can't just be like, I need help. Go for it, you know, because then it's not going to work out. I mean, the same kind of goes for outsource partners, even though, you know, when you're hiring specialists and agencies, they don't need as much handholding, clearly. But you still have to have a general idea of what you're trying to, to accomplish here and what, you know, what you want your clients to have and all of that. But, yeah, you're exactly right, John. You can't just blindly go out and be like, I need help. I'm going to hire a VA. Okay, go for it. You know, that's, that's going to be a disaster. <laughs> We can talk a bunch about that, but let's just first um, let's talk about the pros and cons of hiring an employee versus hiring a virtual resource. Yeah. So obviously, the major you know difference of uh, or con I would say of employees is just the overhead. You know, you have you have the payroll, you have the taxes, unemployment, and all of that. Even if they're a remote employee, right? So that's the biggest one is just funds because a lot of, of smaller startup agencies, they just, you know, they, they don't have the funds for that or they end up make, pulling the trigger too early and they hire one or two employees and then they can't afford payroll or they can't afford to pay themselves, right? So that's the first thing. So how I did it, what I did is I didn't hire my first, you know, full-time employee for years until I, you know, worked with them as a freelancer, um, as a part-time freelancer, right? So that's personally how I like doing things and what I recommend. Now, I know everyone is completely different, um, but that, you know, I like working with people that are freelancers on a, on a part-time, you know, basis, even if it's a project basis, getting to know them and realizing that they're a good fit, because that's another thing too, when it comes to, you know, hiring employees, if you don't have, you know, all of your ducks in a row when it comes to the, the process and, you know, weeding out the ones that aren't going to fit, you might end up taking on an employee that ends up not working out six months down the road. And that's just kind of way more of a pain to, to go through that than if they were a freelance part, you know, freelancer or outsourced partner. Now, on the flip side of that, you know, it's, it's kind of a, um, it's difficult, especially in the beginning, when you're first starting out, to hire, you know, freelancers that are committed to, you know, helping you grow and that actually care and that, you know, because freelancers, we're all entrepreneurs, essentially, you know, even if you if you own an agency, you're an entrepreneur, if you're a freelancer, you're technically an entrepreneur. So they don't, you know, they're not as committed as you are, because it's not their business, right? So you have to kind of filter through a lot and realize, like, what am I looking for? What are the personality traits? I realized that the personality is a big, you know, a big part of this to make sure that, you know, our personalities mesh and the values, the integrity, everything is there, even when it comes to freelancers. And so I would say that's the, that's the biggest thing is just finding those who, who are, you know, who have integrity and have your same values and truly believe in what you're doing with your business and, and your vision, right. And aren't just like out for themselves and, and they see kind of a, even if it's a short-term future, they see some sort of future with, with working with you. Um, but I feel like a lot of people don't, 
have that or they don't have something that resonates, like their brand, their vision, all that doesn't really resonate um, with the the people that they're hiring freelancers. And so they're just, they just don't really care as much. You know, they're just trying to get projects out the door and, and make money. So that's kind of what I found um, in that sense. And it took me a while to realize that I made a lot of mistakes when I first started out hiring the wrong people because of that. But I think the more you get clear on your your branding, your vision, um, you know, your passion, and the more you share that with the world and including the people that you hire, the better off you're going to be because you need to find people that also kind of share that similar vision and and love what you're doing. Agree completely. I mean, one of the challenges I think in this kind of Fiverr world is it's so easy to just go get that and go get that and go. And, and I think what one of the things I see is that sometimes it creates a sort of lack of focus, lack of commitment. You know, if you go out and get a couple video projects and you hire a videographer and or video journalist or whatever you want to call them internally, um, you are, well, first off, I think you're going to potentially put out better work, but I think you're also going to go out and find more work to keep that person, yeah. you know, busy. And so I think it creates, there is, I'm not saying you necessarily put your back against the wall so that you have focus, but I do think that there is something to kind of committing to something uh, keeps you on track. And it, when it's so easy to just say, oh, sure, we'll go find a PHP programmer to do this one project that it just, it, it does have a tendency, I think, to scatter you. No, I completely agree. And really, it kind of, you know, and it's, I kind of like to treat our kind of remote business and this new digital age we live in as, as the same as a, a regular brick and mortar business. Like you have to have a culture, like you have to have a, a company culture. I don't care if you're a one person show or you're a 10 person show, you need to define like, what is your culture here? What are you going after? Because you're going to attract people that also believe in that same mantra and have that, you know, that same culture. And it really does make a huge difference because if you're just out there giving off the vibe that I'm just trying to make money, I'm just trying to get clients. I don't really care about, you know, standing out or, you know, being different or really defining like what your vision and, and, and a company culture, then you're going to attract those or you're probably going to go to Fiverr, just like you said, and try to make that work. But there are plenty of talented freelancers out there that are looking for something like that. Like they're looking for like, where can I fit in? Like I, I, I love long-term projects. Like if you talk to freelancers and you ask them, are you looking for short-term projects or long-term projects? The majority of them are going to say long-term projects because it's reliable income. Right. So, and they want to work with people and companies that they believe in and, and that have similar values. So if you're just like failing to do that, then I think you're really, you know, you're selling yourself short on, on really building an outsource team and, and just everything in general, but especially when it comes to hiring talented freelancers. There's a great book. Uh, Jason Fried was on my show when this book came out a couple of years ago called Rework that I think, uh, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with that book, but I think he makes a, a great point because a lot of their 100-plus folks were dispersed or distributed. Um, and he really makes a point about, you know, even with freelancers, you know, they need to know what you believe and – they need to be part of meetings and they need to understand, yeah. you know, the culture. And, and I, and I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, we have a, a, a web designer that's done work for us for probably going on 15 years, um, who is a freelancer. And I think she, you know, we have her on our website. I mean, I think she feels, you know, definitely a part of the team. Um, and, exactly. and I think that, um, I think you can create that. And I, and I completely agree with you. I think that, that people want that. We have two virtual marketing, Folks that, um, you know, would tell you they, they work for an agency and I think both of them would tell you that they are our employees <laughs> if asked, you know, because right? I think we just really um, kind of live that and preach that as well. 
Wouldn't it be great if in your business, all you had to do was the stuff you love, the reason you started the business, and not all that administrative stuff like payroll and benefits. That stuff's hard, especially when you're a small business. Now, I've been delegating my payroll for years to one of those big corporate companies, and I always felt like a little tiny fish, but now there is a much better way. I've switched over to Gusto, and it is making payroll and benefits and HR easy for the modern small business. You no longer have to be a big company to get great technology, great benefits, and great service to take care of your team. To help support the show, Gusto is offering our listeners an exclusive limited-time deal. If you sign up today, you'll get three months free once you run your first payroll. Just go to gusto.com forward slash tape. Let's talk about time management. Um, you know, that, that falls somewhere in this whole outsourcing and delegation uh, oh, uh, yeah. realm. One of the biggest challenges, I think, when you go to try to uh, bring in some outsourced resources, it's, it's like a step backwards uh, first. Because if you're not prepared, if you don't have the systems and documentation in place, uh, you're going to have to teach that person how to do everything. And that's more work than just doing it yourself. I mean, how do we get ourselves to the point where we can get out of the business enough to actually do that kind of work on the business. Yes, that is definitely a challenge. Loaded question. So what, you know, I have found and, and what we do now is, you know, I, I, we have a, a very strict like vetting process, right? So, and I recommend this for anyone, um, definitely have you know, a vetting process for, let's just say, just stick with freelancers for now, because white label agencies and vendors are kind of a, a different ball game here. But when we're talking about freelancers, you know, you have, first of all, a vetting process of, you know, they need to have these qualifications, they need to know these tools, they need to be familiar with this, they need to have experience, you know, um, working with XYZ, whatever that is. And then you send them kind of this survey slash form to fill out that, you know, you can look at and all of that. So, it depends on your time and your processes you have. Um, if you, and of course your budget. So the more you, you know, if you don't have time and you're, you'd rather pay a little higher price for someone who knows exactly what, you, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, they're, they're kind of more of a specialist and you, they don't require as much uh, training and handholding, then you're going to end up, you know, spending a little bit more um, on that freelancer. But if there's still the factor of they're going to have to learn your ways and your processes because someone could be an SEO expert and come to work for Mod Girl, and they might do things a little bit differently than we do, right? And so there's still some some time involved there. But I honestly recommend investing a tiny bit more to get people that do have experience and they aren't complete newbies. So you do not have to spend as much time training them. With that said, you still need a process. You still need something documented that's like this is how we go about hiring freelancers, you know, step one, like kind of the onboarding process when you do hire them too, because they still need to, so we use Basecamp and we literally have a, you know, a Basecamp project specifically for new hires and it's just a template and we just duplicate it for new, for new hires, um, like freelancers included. So, you know, that would give them read mod girls about page, like here's our case studies, uh, here's our vision. And so we literally give, it doesn't matter what they are, a web designer, you know, or a social media, you know, consultant, but we give them the same thing and, and, and they have to learn about Mod Girl, what we're trying to accomplish, our team, here's our team, meet our team, please go to Slack and do this. So 
it is very, very important to have that. And that's exactly why I hired an operations manager, because that is not my strong suit. Like I am not an operations person or a processes person at all. I'm the the creative, you know, ideas and just go out and do them. I, I don't take the time to, you know, that's just not how my brain works. So for me, I had to hire someone to make all of those processes because I was just hiring people. And luckily for me, I chose really awesome people in the beginning that ended up working out and I didn't have to give them the processes I should have. That probably would have saved my time, but you know, you need some sort of process. So that's kind of my recommendation. So one is to spend a tad bit more, you know, money and invest in someone who knows what they're doing. And then two, have some sort of process in place for everyone that you bring on board. And then, you know, I usually put people on a trial too, freelancers. So trialed and let them know that they're on a trial. So this is a paid trial for two weeks. This is what I want you doing. We're going to see how it works out. If it works out, awesome. We'll get you going. If it doesn't, then we'll part ways, you know? That's kind of how I like doing it. I have a little tip that may or may not be fair, but um, a lot of times when I'm um, trying to work with somebody to get process, you know, I have basically down what I want done and maybe I know how I've done it and I will dictate the steps and then I actually ask them to document the process um, because I find that they're going to use it and there's nothing like doing it while you're using it um, to, to document it. And uh, it's amazing, the uh, especially if you give them a structure, it's amazing the amount of documentation you can get done while people are doing things. I like that. Yes, definitely. So if I'm out there listening and I'm thinking, I'm drowning, I know I need to get help. Um, I think one challenge uh, that people struggle with, and I'd love your um, advice on this, um, how do, I, I, where do I start? Like, what do I outsource first? I mean, is there sort of a filter for trying to figure that out? Yeah, I would, t- I would look. So what I tell people to do is like, write down a list of everything you're doing right now, right? So go like, you know, take some quiet time and just think of your day to day. Okay, I wake up, I drink coffee, I go work out. I eat breakfast. I come back and shower. I eat breakfast. You know, like literally going through your day to day. I check emails. I do this. Here's what I do for my clients. And then once you start, you know, it's kind of eye opening, especially for people that don't, you know, they're just rush, rush, rush all day long, trying to get as much as they can. And they never finish their to do. They always have this giant to do list and never gets done. So when you take a step back and you look at all the little things you should be doing, there's only a very small percentage of them, you know. 5% that are actually making your business revenue. They're actually doing things to grow your business. So I would start there, right? So look at what you're doing and look at what the things that you're providing to your clients or even, even just like admin tasks. When we go back to talking about virtual assistants, you know, it doesn't have to be, I need someone to provide services to my clients. It could literally be something that you're spending your time on that is not helping you grow your business that you could easily hire a virtual assistant to do. So that's where I like starting is just looking exactly what you do. And then I also tell people, make a not to-do list. Like, what the heck should you not be doing? So after you have your, this is what I do, look at that list, circle the things that you need to be doing yourself, and then go create another list and look at all those things and then make a what not to-do list. And what you have on that list is what you should start looking for, you know, VAs and, and freelancers and outsource partners to help you with. You know, I, I would add one more thing to that. Um, there are many things that maybe make you money and maybe are important, uh, but you absolutely hate doing them. Um, and that too. Yeah. I, yeah, know, yeah. I forgot that because, part. <laughs> because I think, you know, it's, it sucks the mental yeah. life out of you, you know, to, Completely. to have to do it. And I think uh, that's a, that's a pretty good place to, to look to. 
Yes, I totally forgot that. I was just on a coaching call the other day too. And that's exactly what I told her. I was like, well, what do you like doing? What do you not like doing? Like, are you providing services to your clients right now that you just completely cannot stand? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, well, there you go. Get someone to, to help you with that. So good point, John. I mean, we, you know, we work with so many small business owners and they just absolutely hate social media. And I'm like, well, then don't do it. <laughs> you know, cause, right. cause I'm not going to do it for you. And if you're going to hate it, you're going to do it poorly. And, you know, let's figure out a place where you're going to spend the time uh, doing something you do enjoy. And I, I think that's, exactly. you know, I mean, if they had unlimited resources, you'd say, okay, let's find a way to get, you know, Instagram worked into what you're doing. I think a lot of times we waste a lot of mental energy thinking, oh, I have to be doing all this stuff. And maybe we don't. Exactly. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you started a business because you're passionate and, and you want to do something that you can wake up every day and say, I love what I'm doing. So if you're spending your day doing things you can't stand, then what's the point of being an entrepreneur and having your own business? It kind of defeats the purpose, right? So Mandy, tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and your services and products. Yeah, definitely. So if you are a marketing entrepreneur, agency owner, I highly recommend joining our free Facebook group, Mod Agency Insiders. That's the first thing. You can go to modgirl.social and join our free Facebook group where I'm active every day and and host Facebook Lives. And we have an awesome community there that's growing every day. And and the rest can just go to modgirlmarketing.com and pretty much learn everything, um, you know, that we have going on. We have all sorts of products and programs. I have my new membership, Remote Agency Society, that is awesome for startup and smaller agencies that just are looking and kind of don't, you know, that focus, kind of what you talked about, like, where do I start? Um, and so we have a, you know, membership dedicated specifically for for people to scale and take it to the next level, depending on what your definition of scale is, of course. And I go live every week in the, in the Facebook group and answer questions and basically give people all of the resources and knowledge and, you know, what, what I only wish I had when I started uh, Mod Girl back in 2010. But uh, basically, our free Facebook group is the way to go because they can learn about everything there. Awesome. And we'll have links in the show notes to all of that stuff. So, Mandy, thanks for joining us. And hopefully Perfect. we'll run into you out there on the road someday. All right. Thanks so much, John.